0: Today, I'm joined by Harsh. He's the co-founder of the Merchandise E-Commerce Store. We all love the sold store. Hello, Harsh. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ragh. Great to be here. Uh, It's a pleasure to be hosting you on the show today, Harsh. And uh, I really apologize for the uh, hiccups, you know, in the start of this episode. (laughs) We could not start the episode on time. But lovely to have you on the episode, Harsh. To our audience who are not aware about you, Harsh why don't you uh, tell us a bit about your professional journey so far? Uh,
1: well, that's a that's a, it's a short question, but a pretty long answer. Um, <laughs> as some people who may have talked to me on LinkedIn know, I have a pretty long bio, actually. I did my science in the 11th and 12th. I then shifted to law for five years, uh, mm-hmm. graduated in 2012 from GLC with a with a first class degree. While I was doing law, I did a bunch of internships with law firms, but I realized during that time that law was probably not something that I would, I would probably see myself doing permanently. So in my last year of law at GLC, I actually took up a journalism internship with BBC, Uh, did that for two months. That was fun. Uh, Post graduation, I actually took up an advertisement job for six months at an ad firm, did client servicing out there, did a bit of copywriting as well. Then decided to actually take six months off and learn tattooing. Um, I know it's a very, very random sort of career choice, but (laughs) tattoos is something I've always loved. I have three of them. Um, I've chosen them in very, very smart locations. So it's not obvious to most people, but yeah, I learned tattooing for six months. That was a lot of fun. Then I went back to law actually for a year um, in about Mm -hmm. 2012, 2013. And then the soul saw started. So I've had a pretty mixed career. Um, It's been a fun journey. I think a lot of jobs and a lot of courses that I've taken up have challenged both my left brain and my right brain. So it's been an interesting (laughs) mix. But the fun thing is, I think a little bit of everything that I've learned at my past jobs and my courses and college and stuff actually has helped me to some extent even today at the Soul Store. And um, yeah, I'd I'd love to share more details um, as we continue this podcast.
0: And what was the inspiration behind The Soul Store? And and why
1: the name? Uh, so the reason behind The Soul Store, I think the shorter answer is all four of us didn't like what we were doing with our previous jobs before The Soul Store. That's the short, honest answer. Um, and the one reason or the main reason why we started The Soul Store was to ensure that we basically wake up every single morning looking forward to what we're actually doing. In fact, this is one of the strongest philosophies that we have at The Soul Store. That if you are a part of our organization, we want to make work fun. Yes, it's important to work hard. It's important to have targets. It's important to make sure that you are achieving certain levels of success at the organization. But we strongly believe that if you genuinely enjoy doing your work and if you genuinely enjoy coming to office every day or working from home every single day, you will definitely give your 200%. So that is the reason behind um, why we started the soul store. And that kind of also reflects in our name. So it was about following your soul. It was about following your passions and actually doing something that you love. And uh, therefore, we came up with the name The Soul Store.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And what were the uh, early years like uh, at The Soul Store? You know, How did it all start for you? And what were the initial challenges that you faced?
1: Sure. So I think I'll, I'll first start off with what the idea behind The Soul Store was. What is the problem or what is the need that we were trying to fulfill? Um, All four of us are massive, massive pop culture fans. We love our cricket. We love our music. We love our movies. We love our TV shows. We love our comedians. What we realized in about 2012, 2013 was, is that if you were a fan of any of these properties of pop culture um, and you wanted to basically buy official merchandise, there were only two options that you had. You could either buy a fake product, you know, off the streets or off a random website, say for the like 250, 300 rupees per t-shirt. The other option was you ask one of your relatives from the US or somewhere outside India to actually get you a T-shirt for two and a half three thousand rupees. Now, when it comes to a country like India, if your options are between a two fifty rupee T-shirt and a two and a half thousand rupee T-shirt, to be very honest, is not really a decision. And close to ninety five percent plus of the people would actually end up going for the two fifty rupee T-shirt. Now True. we actually saw this as a as a very very big gap that was unfortunately not being serviced. What our idea behind the soul store was to make sure that we actually create a portal or a destination where fans can actually buy great products, uh, great designs, great quality and at an affordable price. The other thing that we found very, very strange was that even the two and a half thousand rupee t-shirt that you are buying, whether it's Lord of the Rings or it's Star Wars or it's Friends or Marvel or DC, these t-shirts were probably manufactured somewhere in India. They were then exported to the U.S. And then you again pay a hefty shipping fee to get those t shirts back from the US to India, which seemed like a very, very inefficient system and a very expensive system. So that was the idea behind the Soul Store. And we were very, very confident that understanding how fans think and how fans behave and what fans want, we would actually be able to add a bit of flavor and a bit of uh, extra experience for the fans beyond Mm -hmm. just selling them a t shirt. Um, Our first couple of years, like I think, as most startups would. Um, tell you were obviously faced with multiple challenges when we just started off our first website was actually coded by one of our friends Um, Mm -hmm. funds were limited we were entirely bootstrapped for the first five years so we had to be very very wise about every spend that we did have we also did face a lot of challenges Um, in fact one story that i keep talking about very often is our company could have actually started three or four months earlier than it did The only reason it started in June 2013 is because we refused to bribe certain officers to get certain permits and licenses um, Mm. in place. So we were very, very clear from day one that we will do things the right way. Um, We, in fact, had to go back and forth for three or four months because we refused to pay a bribe and that actually pushed the entire starting of our organization by three or four months. But we were very, very clear that this is something that as a brand and uh, based on our conscience, we are willing to stick to this decision. The second sort of challenge that we faced in our first couple of months and probably even in our first few years was the fact that we were a fairly small brand. We were an unknown brand. When we were working even with multiple manufacturers and vendors for our products, we were not the biggest client. So when it came to paying, we were definitely overpaying for our products. More importantly, when it came to quality, there were sometimes when the, the vendors would compromise with the quality. The biggest challenge that we faced were timelines. Now, when you are one of the smaller clients of your vendors, they will always give you lower priority than some of the bigger clients that they have. So there were a lot of times when we were kind of struggling, we were going back and forth with our vendors, just trying to make sure that we have the best quality products available on our website for customers. There are a lot of times when things honestly do get a bit frustrating. It gets very, very difficult because there are certain things that are within your control. There are certain things that are not within your control. And I think at that time, it's very, very easy to point fingers and say, you know what? this person messed up or, you know, he should have done this on time or this person did not do their job properly. It's, it's very, very easy at that time to find reasons and find people to blame. What's more difficult is to push yourself through those difficult times and tell yourself that this can be figured out. You have to just keep working hard every single day and eventually you will overcome your challenges. And I think honestly, every founder will face many, many challenges, not only in the first couple of years, but throughout their journey. I think what separates a successful founder from one who is not successful is that mindset of just being stubborn, working hard and making sure that you do not give up no matter what the challenge.
0: So you spoke about, you know, being bootstrapped for the first five years uh, for the company. So carving this niche, you know, this particular niche within the e-commerce space, uh, what sort of, uh, you know, uh, challenges you faced with the investors if I have to talk about, you know, raising funds for your business?
1: Sure. So uh, we're actually very proud to say that the soul store was started with an initial investment of about five and a half lakh rupees uh, back in 2013. For the first five years, like I mentioned, we were entirely bootstrapped because we did not have any external funding. We were very clear from day one that we have only these five and a half lakhs that we have invested. This was money that we had all saved from our previous jobs. So we didn't have any family business history. We did not have any external funding. And we had to be, we had to make sure that from day one itself, we were growing profitably. We also did not have the luxury that a lot of other e-commerce players had of burning money to acquire customers. So we were very, very clear that our products, our pricing, our quality, our unit economics has to make sense from day one. Otherwise the company will not sustain. And I think that that mindset of profitability and growth, that balance that we've strived to achieve has helped us even today. And in fact, it's one of the reasons we've even been able to come out of the pandemic through the last mm. 12 months, growing about 50% from 2019 and growing profitably. So wow. we've always had that mindset of growth and profitability, not choosing one over the other. Um, in the first couple of years, yes, it was, I mean, money always helps you grow faster. But I think the option, the fact that we did not have an option and the fact that we did not have the luxury of, of actually burning money made sure that we set our pricing, our systems and our processes in such a way that we were always able to grow profitably. And I think that's something that's held us in very, very good stead over the last seven or eight years. And we are one of the few e-commerce companies in the country today that is growing profitably without actually
0: burning money. Hmm, interesting, because you know, I was looking at this list uh, from 2020, uh, year end, there was a list which came out, which actually showed, you know, some of the biggest players in the Indian market who are burning money like anything. Like, you know, you're uh, like, I'll give you an example of cred, cred earned around what 52 lakhs in revenue, and they burned more than 300 crores. Uh, for their marketing or some other budgets that they would have, uh, you know, allocated it for. So that's interesting to know, you know, that uh, uh, especially in the e-commerce market where, like you rightly said, there are so many vendors, there are so many organizations who are burning money like anything. Uh, It's really interesting to see how you guys are making it work and being profitable at the same time. And 15% growth is, it's really good, man, for uh, the whole pandemic thing where businesses actually shut down for you to grow with uh, a 15% margin is a great thing. So, I mean, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, and, it's uh, definitely
1: been a tough year, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it it has been. It has been a tough year for a lot of businesses. And I'm sure for uh, your company also, for a lot of your employees, uh, it would have been a very difficult situation. How did you guys manage it within the organization? I'm sure you have a very big team. So
1: I think the first or the biggest challenge that we honestly faced last year in March, April, when the lockdown was first announced was the uncertainty. Um, obviously, as yeah. an organization, you know, over a seven or eight year period, you have good months, you have bad months, you have ups and downs, but you always bounce back. So you always, I mean, you, you always go through the cycle of, of doing well, of, of you know, having slow months. But this was the first time where essentially we went from 100 to almost zero. Um, There was unfortunately not enough clarity, I think not just India in general, but I think even the world was trying to understand what was going on, what was the potential impact of the pandemic, what do we need to do to stop the spread. So I think the biggest challenge that we faced in the first couple of months was uncertainty. We weren't really sure whether we would have to shut operations for one week or one month or two months or three months. Um, As we all know, the lockdown was extended multiple times. And at that time, uh, we did a couple of things actually, which, which kind of helped us uh, tide through the difficult times. The first thing that we did was we completely shut off all marketing expense. Now, as a brand that's built on a very, very loyal customer base of over 2 million customers, I'm very, very proud to say that even if we completely shut our marketing, our business can sustain purely based on our repeat customers. That's the kind of foundation that we've built over the last 7 or 8 years. The second Mm -hmm. thing that we did is we actually recalibrated all our manufacturing machines, um, which are actually used to manufacture t-shirts and other apparel to make masks. Because masks were an essential item uh, back in the day in March and April, we were actually able to ship out masks to our customers. This made sure that we're we're, keeping some money coming into the company. What we also did is we actually launched our TSS app just one week before the lockdown. So what we also did is we encouraged all our uh, old customers to download the app. We gave them a 30% discount on the app for all orders placed. And we were very, very transparent with all our customers from day one that, hey, we're all going through a difficult time. We are going to try our best to make sure that your orders reach you as soon as possible. But currently, our operations have been shut following government guidelines and regulations. So we request you to support us at a time like this. And we will definitely make sure that as soon as we can, We will make sure that your products reach you quickly and safely. So that was the second thing that we did. The third and probably most important thing that helped us get through the pandemic was the kind of team that we've built and the culture. It was a difficult time for everyone. There were certain difficult decisions that even we had to take because like I mentioned, your revenues almost go down to zero. Your operations are shut. I'm very, very happy that as an organization, we did not let go of a single person during the pandemic for financial reasons. That's something that I think as an organization, we are most proud of. Our team also realized that, yes, it's a tough couple of months for everyone, but they believed in the founders, they believed in their colleagues and they believed in the business, which is why even initially when people had to work from home, we were getting used to the whole idea of not coming to office. Our team actually gave their 200% in a very, very emotionally and physically challenging environment and the fact that we had their support through the toughest months actually helped us um, come through the pandemic and the last four or five months at the sold store have actually been our highest ever months in terms of revenue and profitability and definitely want to thank our team for actually helping us reach the stage.
0: No, that's amazing I guess you know for any founder that's like a dream team to have right <laughs> to, to have the right kind of people beside you.
1: Definitely, definitely. Also want to add one more point. So these are obviously the, the larger macro sort of things that helped us pull through. The advantage that we also had specifically as the sold stock was the fact that we are an online first brand. I think the one of the biggest changes that we've seen during the last say, six to 12 months has been a mindset change, where a lot more people are now familiar and comfortable shopping online and paying online. Um, In a country like India, I think there was still a lot of hesitation towards shopping online towards, you know, like, is my money safe? What if there's an issue when I get a refund? There's a lot of hesitancy that people have in shopping online and transacting online. The pandemic kind of changed that for a lot of people. It kind of forced us to to keep online as our first preference. And um, one example that perfectly sums this up is the fact that my mom downloaded the Big Basket app for the first time last March or April. And I think that's something I would have never, ever imagined. (laughs) That just kind of sums up, you know, the the kind of long-term impact that COVID has had. That coupled with the fact that we are a dominant player in the casual wear space definitely helped us. So if you, in fact, for this podcast, I'm actually wearing a a cartoon TSS t-shirt. It's something that people would normally not wear to office. They would not wear to Zoom calls and meetings. But the fact that people are now spending more time from home, you know, they're they're chilling in boxers, in joggers, in t-shirts, in vests. Um, in a lot more casual wear and comfort wear products. I think that's been one more boon for us where you know the rise of online shopping and the rise of casual wear has definitely coincided with some of our strongest months in the last eight years.
0: No, it's good that you brought up this point, Harsh, that it's all about the user experience at the end of the day. And uh, earlier, yes, the Indian market, the Indian society was not that accustomed to experiencing uh, these kind of things online. So they were always wary about, you know, using their credit cards, their financial information, or their addresses on online websites. So when you say you are an online first company and you all your user experience is based upon your website and now on your app as well, how do you, like, what do you have to say about the importance of user experience, especially in the e-commerce space? I I
1: don't think I can stress
0: enough on how important it
1: is. Uh, When you, I mean, over the last couple of years, we have also diversified, like diversified offline and we have opened a couple of offline stores in Mumbai. We are also planning to expand about 30, 40 stores in the next three or four years. But as a brand that was only available online for the first six years, it's very, very important to make sure that you leave a great impression with your customers. As an online first brand or as an e-commerce brand, There is no touch and feel. There is no face to the company. You are essentially um, an impersonal website or an impersonal app to your customer. So in that sort of situation, it's very, very important to distinguish yourself from other similar e-commerce brands. Especially now, I'm pretty sure most people who are listening to this podcast can relate. When you open Facebook or Instagram on your phone and you scroll through your feed, you will be spammed with hundreds and hundreds of new brands popping up every single day, selling t-shirts and similar products. I think it's yeah. very, very important to make sure that as an organization and as an e-commerce organization, you are actually breaking free from the clutter. There are a couple yeah. of things that we've actually done to make sure that the user experience at the soul store is significantly better and varied from the the user experience on any other similar brand. I think the first, most important thing is the product, which helps us distinguish from our competition. A lot of people that we've seen. So one of the things that we are most famous for, or that we are known for, is our licensed merchandise. We've got more than 150 licenses on board from Marvel to DC to WWE to Harry Potter. We work with the top IPL teams. We work with the top comedians, the top musicians in the country. Now, Mm. what we've seen is a lot of people usually when they work with these licensors will take the style guide, which is a predetermined set of designs, just paste that on a t-shirt and and sell a t-shirt with a logo. As fans ourselves, we make sure that every product that you buy at the Soul store is designed specifically for fans. You will never simply see a t shirt with a logo that's put because we don't believe in template designs. So, as a fan, the kind of designs and the variety and the styles that you find at the Soul Store is something that you will not find anywhere else. The second thing that we do to to make sure that we add a bit of fun to our customers' experience is the freebies that we send with our orders. Just to give you an example, if you are a Harry Potter fan and you buy a Harry Potter t shirt or any other product, Some of the freebies that we've developed over the years include the daily profit. So You get a customized daily profit with crosswords and puzzles and jumbles that you can actually solve. Now, as a Harry Potter fan, to get your own copy of the daily profit is something that every single person cherishes. We've had so many people writing into us, telling us that they've actually bought t-shirts and and very expensive products on our website only so that they could get a copy of their daily profit. We've sent Hogwarts (laughs) letters congratulating people for their admission to Hogwarts. We've even sent a platform ticket saying, hey, you know, we're looking forward to meeting Mm. you at platform 934 so that you can actually hop on, hop onto the Hogwarts Express. Now, small things like these actually is what helps us distinguish from the competition when the barrier to entry is is so low. And it's not very difficult, honestly, to start your own website and start selling t-shirts and other apparel. So these are the two or three things that we've done differently from our competition to make sure that if you are a fan and you want to buy merchandise of your favorite characters, the Soul Store is the first place that you will think of coming to.
0: And how do you figure out that what works and what doesn't when it comes to user experience?
1: So the Soulstore uh, works as a democracy. It is it is as uh, it is as democratic as it gets. Whether it's whether it's what change to push on our app on our website, it's what design to do, it's what product to launch next. Every single thing or every single decision, every creative call that is taken at the Soulstore is put to vote. Um, I think as a founder, it's very very important to to know that that at the end of the day a business decision or a company decision should not be the personal preference of two or three or four people because that is not necessarily what the company wants so whenever there is any creative call that needs to be taken we put it to vote on our on our company slack group and majority wins we are very very clear of that and more often than not we've seen that what the majority wants at the soul store is also what is generally accepted by our customers outside the second thing that we do is we have weekly call outs and surveys with our customers Whenever we launch a new design or a new product or a new category, we make sure that we take feedback from at least four to 500 customers who have bought that product to understand what we can do. Can we, Is the price something that you like? Are you happy with the design? Are you happy with the fit? Are you happy with the quality? And we actually give all our new product launches a rating out of five. If the rating of any product goes below 4.5, we actually consider it as a negative and we see what we can tweak okay. in the back end our current average rating for the product colors that we've done is 4.7 and these are all based on at least 5 to 600 reviews per product so we can make sure that every single thing that we do at the sold store is based on customer feedback and data
0: right right i i yeah i, I completely agree with you when it comes to creating a good user experience, the feedback of your own team and your uh, you know employees, it matters a lot. And I, I think that's a very good uh, way of keeping check on your designs as well. You know, when you take feedback from your customers, and when you don't get a feedback which is acceptable uh, to your terms, then you basically redesign or you know try to figure out how you can make that product better. I guess that is really really powerful. And I'm sure people listening to us would gain a lot a uh, lot good insights from this. Uh, Again, uh, Harsh, uh, one more thing. Uh, when it comes to user experience, uh, what what is your take on... Because I see the Soul Store having their own exclusive membership. What is your take on memberships and rewards? Uh, I'm
1: glad you actually mentioned that. We launched our exclusive membership in May 2019. So it's been just under two years since we launched our membership. It's the first time that a brand like ours actually has... A a membership for for essentially pop culture merchandise or casual wear space in India there have been certain loyalty programs that that a couple of offline brands have done but we were the first brand to launch this membership in the country now the idea behind the membership was simple we knew that we have in our 2 million plus customer base we have a very very strong set of loyal hardcore TSS customers that will pretty much buy every new product that we launch that will buy every new category that we launch because they love the brand they love the fit they trust the organization and they find value for money when they shop with the sold store so we wanted to think of a way where we can actually reward our most hardcore loyal fan base and also give people a reason to keep coming back again and again one of the biggest challenges that e-commerce brands face is in repeats our repeat rate over a 12 month period is more than 110 percent which means that if 100 people buy today we will get 110 repeat orders from these people over the next 12 months, which is one of the strongest right. in the industry. So we actually launched our membership back in 2019 with a simple sort of philosophy or simple principle. At two ninety nine dollars per year, you get discounts all year round between 20 to 70%. You get free shipping. You, your orders will be shipped before non-members. And whenever we do sales or we launch new products in new categories, we will also give you early access as exclusive members to all of those launches and all of those sales. Um, In the last one and a half to two years, we've gotten more than 150,000 paid exclusive members. And these actually form a very, very, like I said, a core set of our audience. Over about 50% of our total revenue comes from exclusive members. And our target is in the next 12 months to actually increase this from 50% to about 60-65%.
0: Interesting. And, you know, talking about free shipping... To everybody listening out there, uh, the Soul Store has been kind enough to sponsor a small giveaway for uh, the socially desi audience. So, uh, Harsh, why don't you tell our audience about the giveaway?
1: Yeah, so um, Anurag convinced me to to basically give out one free exclusive <laughs> membership, and he did a great job selling it. So, yeah, so we are going to we are going to give out one free exclusive membership of the Soul Store um, to one lucky listener today. You get an entire year of big discounts. You get early access to some of our top sales and new launches. You get free shipping throughout the year. Your the orders will be delivered on priority before non-members. And it's something I probably shouldn't be saying, but you can also share your email ID and password with your friends and they can also latch on to your membership benefits. So that's what you guys have to gain today by staying till the end of the podcast.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So I mean, Hirsch gave you a small hack also in order to make the most of your uh, exclusive membership. So guys, all you need to do is uh, there'll be a link in the show notes below. Go there, uh, enter the giveaway. It's a simple one-click giveaway that you can do. And as you know, Socially Desi does one-click giveaways. We don't believe in, you know, asking a lot of information from you. So just go to the link, enter the giveaway and we'll soon announce the winners uh, for this giveaway. So thank you, Harsh, for that giveaway and thank you, Soulstore, for that. So Harsh, before we uh, close down on the episode today, uh, the last thing that I want to ask you is... uh, what are the upcoming trends that you see in the fashion and lifestyle space? And, uh, you know, I see that Soul Store is also now moving towards uh, uh, this lifestyle space more. And I see that your Supima collection is out. I love the design. So I want to to know from you, uh, what are the upcoming trends you see in the fashion and lifestyle space?
1: Okay, so I think I'll break this part or break this question in two parts. I think the one larger trend that we've seen, which is not just specific to the fashion industry or the fashion space, but generally something that we've observed over the last 12 months, especially since so much has changed since the pandemic happened. Um, The one big learning that we've seen over the last 12 months, and this is especially relevant to e-commerce players. I think there's, there's always been a misconception that, you know, you need to burn money. You need to offer heavy discounts to get the customers on board. And once you've gotten the customers on board, they will then again come back, buy stuff at full price. And your lifetime value of the customer will essentially offset the discount that you've given. Um, I personally feel that that is a recipe for disaster for any brand that thinks that that is their their way to success. Customers today are not discount driven. They are not offer driven. They are value driven. If you can convince the customer that at at an affordable price, you're offering a great quality product that will actually last them for a long time they are much more likely to shop from your brand than a brand which offers a lower quality product at half the price. So I think if the idea is to essentially lure a customer by a first-time discount, these people are going to be loyal to the discount or the price and not the brand. I think it's important to make sure that your customer is loyal to your brand. They are loyal to your products or your services and the price point that you're selling it at. Because if you're only going to rely on discounts, then another if another player comes in at 50 or 100 or 200 rupees less, your customers are always going to migrate. So I think the one most important thing is to build your loyalty over your product, services, and quality and not just get into a price war. That's the first thing. Second is specifically as far as it comes to fashion and trends. Yes, over the last year, year and a half, we have definitely diversified. We've moved, not, I wouldn't say we've completely moved away from pop culture, but our focus now is to actually merge pop culture and fashion and create India's biggest brand for youth lifestyle merchandise. So that's the direction that we are going in. We definitely mm-hmm. see that because of the pandemic, you know, even if things do open up and people start going back to offices, there will definitely be a hybrid sort of work from home, work from office situation. We see people focusing a lot more on comfort and utility um, rather than uh, fashion and price. And I think if you are able to offer customers a great product that's comfortable, something that they can wear outside and wear at home, I think that that whole distinction between these are clothes that I wear at home, these are clothes that I wear to office and these are clothes that I wear outside I think the lines between all of these is kind of blurring and if you're able to come up with a product or a range that actually fulfills multiple desires or multiple requirements of the customer then that's the sweet spot that that will help your brand grow the next couple of years
0: that is so true and I love Jim you know and he is there on your Supima collection so what uh, so what was the uh, whole you know idea idea of getting Jim
1: on board so I think Jim is Jim is a great actor. Um, when we launched the Supima collection, there were a couple of things that we wanted to focus on. One is, on, and I'm not saying it because, you know, I'm a part of the soul store. You can actually buy one for yourselves and see it's actually the softest t-shirt I've ever worn. It is unbelievably soft. It is unbelievably comfortable. It is very, very breathable. And I think especially in a country like India where it can get very, very hot and very, very sticky, especially in Bombay, which is where we are based out of, I think is the perfect, comfortable t-shirt to wear. Now we wanted someone who can, who has a very classy, very understated vibe, similar to what a Supima is. And also someone who's a great actor who can actually pull off the script that we had. So we actually spent that. a couple of weeks thinking about different, different actors, different influencers that would actually make sense. And we then thought of the cred ads that, that Jim had done back in the day and some of the great movie performances that he's had. And we felt at that time that Jim would be the perfect fit for Supima. And we're very, very happy to say that we've received a lot of love, a lot of comments, a lot of positive feedback from customers when we launched our campaign with Jim Sarb. And yeah, that was the idea behind actually taking him for the Supima collection. I think he was a perfect, perfect fit with what we were trying to achieve with our campaign.
0: No, I'm sure, you know, the kind of vibes that he portrays, uh, it, it goes well with the kind of collection that you have. And uh, guys, uh, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the links in the show notes below. It's the soldstore.com slash Supima collection. We'll put the links there so you can check that out. I mean, I, I love the designs, you know, especially like I, like I told you the last time, the, the Superman logo t-shirt is something that I really like and there are a lot many other designs that you know uh, men and women can definitely check out and uh, try them out and uh, I'm sure you know uh, you'll love these designs and and, and, I, and I completely agree with you Hirsch, uh, that um, the uh, the trends that uh, you see in the lifestyle and uh, fashion space is about diversifying to a niche where people can relate to you more I guess, you know, as a brand, because at the end of the day, you just don't want to be an e-commerce store uh, which sells t-shirt or sells any kind of merchandise. Because I, I, I think that, you know, there's more to a brand than just for selling and, you know, uh, you know having models on board.
1: Agree completely, Anurag. I think it's, it's very important to have a connect or a relationship with your customer that goes beyond your website or goes beyond your product. And um, that's something that we strive to do at the source Store every day. Um, also just, I think to conclude, yes, while we are in an e-commerce brand and while we are an online first brand, we actually went offline. Like I mentioned about one and a half, two years ago, we're very, yeah. very proud to say that even though every single person offline has had a tough time and even we had a couple of hiccups initially, um, each of our stores has actually been operationally profitable from the first month itself. And we are actually looking to grow aggressively offline as well. So our plan is we currently have four stores. The first three stores are live in Bombay. The fourth store is actually going to open up in the first week of May at um, okay. at a location that's going to come very, very close to all of you. I can't I can't reveal too much more because that <laughs> will ruin the surprise when we launch on social media. But yeah, our plan is over the next three to four years to launch about 30, 40 stores, Pan-India. We've received that's a fine. lot of um, love from our customers. Whenever we talk about new stores launching, we have hundreds of customers writing to us, you know, when are you opening a store in Delhi? When are you opening a store in Bangalore? When are you opening a <laughs> store in Kolkata? We have lots yeah. of requests from from customers all across the country. So just give us some time. We are definitely, definitely going to reach your city sooner rather than later. And while this has been a very, very difficult time for the offline space, as a brand, we are actually looking at this positively because the rents have come down because it is now economically slightly easier for us to open a lot more stores. We are actually taking this opportunity to grow aggressively. And hopefully you will see a, those old store store in your neighborhood in, in the next couple of months, in the next couple of years.
0: Well said, uh, Harsh. And, you know, we are looking forward to welcoming the Soul Store in Delhi, for sure. And uh, please, you know, uh, do uh, give me a call whenever you plan to launch in Delhi. I'll be there. <laughs> 100%. You can, you can inaugurate us. store. Happy to meet you. There. <laughs> No, no, I I'll, I'll love to be there. So uh, guys, again, uh, just a quick reminder, don't forget to apply for the giveaway. The links are in the show notes below. And with that, Harsh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, you have been a lovely guest. And I'm sure people listening to our show today would have gained a lot many good insights and uh, you know key takeaways from our talk. Thank you so much.
1: Most welcome, Anurag. Great being here. Just one last uh, request to everyone listening in. Um, if you guys have any feedback, any suggestions, any requests for the Soul Store, we're always available on social media. You guys can leave us comments, you guys can leave us DMs, whatever, or emails at connect at And we are always happy to hear from you on how we can improve. So yeah, please, please go ahead and give your suggestions. We're all yours.
0: You heard the man, guys. Do it fast. We'll put the links in the show notes again for everything that Harsh said. And uh, of course, the social media links to the Soul Store. So thank you so much, Harsh. Thank you, Anurag. Great chatting with you. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Harsh on our show again in the future to talk more about the world of e-commerce and merchandises. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com. And as always, before I sign off, remember... Life is black and white and everything in between.